Are you ready for one of the most exciting weeks in the history of professional wrestling? We are, and you should be, and we're going to cover it for you on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. I may not be in the OC, but I've got my own OC. It's original, and it matters. It's the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. Boss Ross and the J-Man coming at you. I've got to tell you, we have been looking forward to this week for a number of reasons, not only on the professional wrestling side, but for this show, in that uh, this is our last Thursday show, possibly ever. Not that that's a bad thing. We're just moving days because of the schedule, the insane schedule that's about to start next week. That's right, everybody. We have not one, but five shows that we are going to start covering on this podcast on the regular because we'll actually be able to watch them and it be in a timely fashion. Whoa. Whoa. Before we get started, J-Man, how are you, sir? You know, I'm well, sir. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. It is... Biggest week in professional west, biggest week in professional wrestling history. Eve, that's what I was trying to say as I completely botched it. So I lost Sasha Banks. So, wow. Well, I mean, she did do a lot of botching this week in the fakest backstage fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> at no point did I think Becky Lynch was in trouble at all. Well, I believed Kayla Braxton's acting more than Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Wow. That's how bad it was. Shout out to Kayla. Let's do a quick uh, social thing here. The Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. Ross the Robots 85. That is also correct. The one and only J-Man 19. Factual. Also on Instagram. Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. Yep. I promise I will get back to uh, live uh, live tweeting during the next pay-per-view, live which inst- is coming up, by the way. Instagramming would be nice, too. Yes, we are going to do more Instagram videos. That last pay-per-view, I was just out of it 30 minutes in, and I just gave up. No, no, so. that's perfectly fine. I I, I need I, to not do that, though. I, I got us on the social uh, on the uh, Instagram page, but I'm talking about your personal Instagram, Mr. Nothing. Oh, no, I post. I just post in stories. I don't save anything. Nobody needs to savor this. Come on now. Well, they need to savor the Double Turn podcast, because which, we are the best damned wrestling podcast in the history of the world. Which I already repped the Double Turn podcast on Instagram. All right. So. Well, you keep repping it, sir. As noted, this is our last Thursday show because we are moving to Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. Very soon. Dropping on Wednesdays. Very soon. <laughs> yes, dropping on Wednesdays because... Call her daddy's going to have some freaking competition. What's up? Yes. Yeah, so You have no idea who that is. It's I don't. I don't. <laughs> I kind of just breeze past that. It's okay. So, next week, just as a programming note, because next week is starting with Raw, Yeah. and then we have... The new shows. Yes. We have, of course, NXT already moved to USA, but that's another edition of it. In fact, is it the first week where all two hours will be on USA? Yes, it is. Oh okay, my gosh. so that's so you that's new. Huge NXT. All three of the WWE shows are going to be massive this upcoming week. So Monday Night Raw, the season premiere, right. whatever that means. It's going to be in Phoenix. I wish we could go because we're here in Phoenix, but we are not going. Should be a great show. Yeah, it should be. Uh, NXT on USA, this will be the first week where both hours are on USA. I had to clarify that because I had to make sure of that. Absolutely. Also, the debut of AEW Dynamite that is also happening on Wednesday. So if you thought three hours was long for Raw, you get to watch 
four hours of wrestling program on Wednesdays. That should be fun. That should be a lot of fun. Not as bad as back in the day when Nitros were three hours and Raws were two hours. That would have been five hours of programming. That was also back when there was also one show a week. Because I believe that was before Thunder and SmackDown. Oh, was it? Because yes. when does Thunder start? Like 97? No, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Thunder, no, Thunder started, started after SmackDown, correct? Thunder started in January of 98. Oh, that's right. Thunder started before SmackDown, but then SmackDown ended up being the better product because... Well, they, also Thunder only lasted until 2001, so... No, I know, but I'm just saying... As like, did Nitro. So, as did WCW. Yeah, but SmackDown... My point was SmackDown was treated much more importantly than, than Thunder was. Even though both have been mostly taped... Yes. Thunder was almost exclusively taped for a while. 2016 is when SmackDown started to be aired live. Yes. So. By the way, I actually, I don't know if I've already gotten this answered. Is SmackDown, yeah, no, SmackDown's being aired live on Fridays, correct? Correct. Oh, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure. No, we're just just making. They're just just not calling it SmackDown live anywhere. They're just calling it SmackDown again. Yes. But it is going to be airing live from on Fridays. It's great. Uh, So. Uh, I left off at Raw, NXT on USA for the full two hours, and the debut of AEW Dynamite on TNT. Yes. And then, of course, SmackDown moving to Fox on Fridays. So, with that change in schedule and with the big things happening that week, plus we also have Hell in a Cell on Sunday, not this Sunday, a week from Sunday, our tentative plan is to do a, basically, recap of the week on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Watch the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, mm-hmm. and then on Tuesday, which will be our new day of our new show, it's still the Double Turn Podcast on a different day, we will cover the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view and talk some Raw. Yes. And then that week going forward, we'll still have NXT, AEW, SmackDown, Smackdown. and then Raw. And I forgot to mention the fifth show because I will actually be able to cover Impact on this show. All I'm right. so geeked. They're going to be on Access TV, for those of you who did not know. Yes, so in case you wanted to know, we're going to have four hours of wrestling twice a week because Impact is on Fridays. I know most of you will be watching SmackDown, and you should. All I'm saying is that's another show we are going to be covering on this show. I've been doing moments of Impact or minutes of Impact or whatever. I'm going to be able to do a little bit more of it. I'm so proud of you. I didn't say I was going to you know, talk for 30 minutes. I just said I was going to actually be able to cover it and not be a week old. I'm so thrilled. I know. Plus, I may even do side episodes for those pay-per-views because I do watch it. I'm just saying. There are lots of ideas going through there my are. head. And, by and the I'm way, so geeked. And I would like to clarify something. It's not the fact that I don't watch it because I don't want to. It's because I... I can't, and you know this. No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm no, not no. putting you down for not watching Impact. Oh, I'm just I, I, geeked I, I that I actually get I, to cover it that's more what than I'm saying, than but I, I just have want been. people to go ahead and say it's like, well, why is Ross always the one that's getting super duper excited about Impact Wrestling? It's because J Man physically cannot watch it because it's not available to me. And if I find out that it's on Hulu, then I will be able to watch it. Speaking of Hulu, oh no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. Very upset. It's not a rant, but I know where you're coming from. So apparently Hulu is not. Okay, you know what? I'll give you a minute to get this off your chest. Well, it's just these mofos over at Hulu or whoever (laughs) it was that made this call for Turner Network Television for Fox Television decided to go ahead and take away SmackDown. And they haven't even freaking put All Elite Wrestling Dynamite on. Obviously, it hasn't started yet. But as of right now, it's going to be on Hulu Live. For those of you who have Hulu, you know what the heck I'm talking about. Because that means that instead of it being on regular Hulu, which is $5.99 a month, which is the best thing freaking ever, they decided to go ahead and put it on the bigger tier, which is $45 a month. Which I might as well go ahead and get cable television for that price. So, no. 
I'm not okay with that. They took away my SmackDown. I didn't even get a chance to finish SmackDown on Hulu yesterday because they took it away from me. So I had to go ahead and catch up on the YouTube clips. At least I was able to go ahead and finish up NXT. And then I was looking up All Elite Wrestling because I'm trying to prep myself because I'm trying to be a journalist. And then I see that it's going to be on Hulu Live. And then, of course, I can't sign into the TNT app because I don't have any cable. So, Cody and Vincent and Fox executives and Turner Network television executives, I'm very upset with you right now because I am a professional wrestling fan who wants to support you, yet you're not allowing me to give you the support that you are that you require for your success. Damn you. Damn your shenanigans. Damn your hooliganness. I will trash you ending now. That was righteous. I'm not going to lie. He's got a point, but Dude, at the I'm same so, time. I'm so mad. I know. I get it. I get it. it. I don't know if it goes along with the network deal of Fox, and I don't know if it goes along with the network deal on Turner Network Television. My point is, though, like, why am I able to watch The Masked Singer on Hulu when it's on the same freaking channel as, as SmackDown is? And why am I able to go ahead and catch things that are on TNT, which is where All Elite Wrestling is going to be, on the regular side of Hulu, but then the good stuff that I need in my life, I don't get You took it away from me. These sons of actual... When wrestling, when wrestling gets the numbers that The Masked Singer gets, let me know. The fact that the mass singer gets and by the way, no disrespect to the mass singer because my wife likes watching the mass singer because I'm, she finds it hilarious. Okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm good. I'm all right. I'm okay, okay. Ross. Okay. I just had thank you for thank you for giving me the platform. All right, so here's here's the deal. We actually have a lot of news to cover. I know we say that every other week or every week. We still do. We're going to get to it. I promise you we are still going to do an open forum on best Hell in a Cell matches ever because we don't have time to do it next week because there's way too much to do. Right. I told you we were going to do it last week, and we pushed it off to this week. We are doing it. Which is – and actually, we're doing it right after news, and we're doing news starting in three, two, one. Boom. Well, I was just going to say we're also doing three count and well, of course triple thread and all that fun stuff. This is true. We're, we're doing all those things. So now we're doing news. Starting in three, two, one. Boom. Boom. There it is. Okay. So uh, top news. I It may not be the top news, but to me it is the top news. It's very important news. It is. The WWE is completely switching up their announced teams, and I have no idea why other than Fox went to them and said, we must have Michael Cole, which I don't get it. But here's 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 the brief breakdown. Yeah. So nothing is happening to NXT. Correct. They NXT are... is Mauro Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, Nigel McGuinness. Much to my chagrin, Beth Phoenix still has a color commentary job. However, the Raw and SmackDown side of things are changing. So SmackDown is basically drafting. Yes, I use that term because the draft is coming up. It's true. They they essentially drafted the Raw announced team. They are now part of SmackDown. So SmackDown will have Michael Cole, Renee Young, and Corey Graves. The interesting part of this, though, is the Raw team and who was left out of all announcing duties. Plus, I have no idea what's happening with 205 Live. I thought it was going away. Maybe it's staying. Maybe it's going. Maybe it's getting phased out. Yeah. I have no idea. By the way, important thing to note. Um, as we dis- as we mentioned, the new Raw announcement team here in a second is Corey Graves is no longer going to be pulling double duty. Good. Yeah. I'm not saying Corey Graves isn't talented enough to do it, but I don't want the man having to travel that much just to be one of the best announcers. And by the way, he is very much one of the best announcers on their squad. He has his moments of being terrible. But the point is, I'd much rather him just be on one show. No, that's true. And that's fine that he's on SmackDown. If that was part of the deal of them going to Fox is that they get to pick their announced team. 
fine. Or if that's just a WWE move and they want their A announced team on the new show, whatever. So on the Raw side of things, Vic Joseph is taking the lead. He will be your play-by-play. They are bringing back Jerry Lawler to be a full-time commentary, color commentary for Mm -hmm. Raw. And correct me if I completely butchered this guy's name. Is it Dio Madden? That's correct. Dio Madden. Dio Madden, who, much to my knowledge, uh, has only been calling 205 Live matches, is now a color commentator for Monday Night Raw, which means that Byron Saxton is out of the commentary team. Thank God. And unfortunately, Tom Phillips now jobless. Well, I mean, let's let's hold <laughs> he's on. He's not fired. He's he, just off the commentary. Neither team. of them are fired. From what I, from what we understand, they are still with World Wrestling Entertainment. Yes, they're they just are. not calling any particular show. Which to my to my sadness, it's a travesty. To, it is a travesty because Tom Phillips is one of the he, he's one of he's one of the best announcers they have in the company. Period. Tom Phillips. And I'm sure they were grooming him for this, but Tom Phillips got put in a pretty difficult spot. He did. He took over from Mauro Ranallo, who was exceptional on SmackDown. Uh, I'm I, I'll get to Mauro Ranallo in a second. So I don't know what plans they have for yeah. Tom Phillips. I've heard Vic Joseph do play-by-play in color. He's fantastic. The guys, the guys, pretty good. Yeah, he he called actually. He called the last. Uh, the yeah, the last two thirds of Raw a few weeks back when Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman won the Raw Tag Team Titles before um, Clash of Champions. Actually, it was the Monday night after SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So for those of you that are Dio Madden fans, uh, okay, we're, just, we're about to get to know him. I just I just don't know much about him. From what I've heard, he's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the Jerry Lawler thing. That may be actually I've. Uh, I've decided that I'm convinced that they decided to give him this post uh, because they don't want him to go to AEW and hang out with his buddy, good old JR. That may be a stretch. They may just want to. I think you're right. Well, look, I know he's been around and back for a while. They've kind of integrated him back. Like he's been on pre-show panels. They've been having him do stuff a bunch in, in a lot of different places. So I don't know. I will tell you that Jerry Lawler is easily the... Announcer with the most heelish announcer experience on their roster other than Corey Graves, and they desperately need one. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that Tom Phillips and Vic Joseph couldn't do it, but they would need a strong personality to bounce off of. Absolutely. And they don't have that. No, they don't. So I have to believe that they believe Tom Phillips is more of a utility player that they can kind of use wherever whether that's 205 Live, whether they have, whether the, whether they have other plans for him, I don't know. Here, here's, here, would be, here would be my perfect place to currently put Tom Phillips if you're not going to have him be a play-by-play announcer on any of your five shows. And the five shows, obviously, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and as of right now, 205 Live. Right? Can you please get hired by Impact so they can fire Josh Matthews? That would be tremendous. Anywho. <laughs> um, no, in all sincerity, I think the perfect place, if you're not going to place him anywhere of where I just mentioned, I think that he should he would be perfect to run the pre-show panel on pay-per-views with Charlie Caruso. I've been saying that ever since this morning when I found out. When I saw that Tom Phillips does not have a post as of right now, I'm like, if he doesn't have a post, he's got to go straight to the pre-show panel and run it with Charlie and take Coach off of running it and have him be an, an analyst instead and let Phillips do his thing. Can I interject? He most certainly can. I actually think 
Renee and Charlie doing a show together would be awesome. And then you put Tom Phillips on pre-show duty and have him do occasional backstage. Because here's the thing. They already have Sarah Schreiber and Caleb Braxton. They don't need a million backstage interviewers. Yeah, but like and I yes, told you. And yes, have Byron Saxon do backstage interviews because that's all I want to see of him. Okay, first of all, there's nothing wrong with doing backstage interviews. Of course I think, not. You know, uh, I still Saxon, think Renee should be doing them. Yeah, Byron Saxon was pretty good backstage back in the day before he got called up to go ahead and do um, color commentary, first of all. Second of all, I like Sarah Schreiber. She's good. I think she should still be in NXT personally. So I personally would do Sarah Schreiber back to NXT. Byron takes over her post and is the one of the three main backstage interviewers with Caruso and with Braxton. And then you put Phillips running the pre-show panel. And then instead of having Booker and Renee, even though I'm actually, then you could do this. Have Booker, Renee, and Charlie on the new show, which here's the second set of news. WWE now has a show on Fox Sports 1, and it is called WWE Backstage. Quick question. You is it Kathy Kelly that's doing the NXT interviews backstage? Um, Kathy Kelly is no longer doing the backstage interviews. Kathy Kelly's more doing like the pre-show stuff. and they, But like, she was doing backstage. Correct. Inter- so who's doing backstage interviews with NXT um, right it's now? It's now Josiah Williams, who okay. is of the fame of the remixes with the theme songs for WWE superstars over the past year and a half. Great. Do, been doing a great job. Might as well get DJ Ran while and, we're at it. Um, Continue. There's, an- there's another person who I don't know who it is, and... Kathy Kelly is spread out, but she it looks like she's doing more, um, uh, like presenting for W for for NXT itself. Not 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 color commentating or commentating, but more mm. presenting of the television show. You know what else I would vouch for? I would exactly. vouch for your boy Triple H hanging out with NXT, moving Regal to the main roster. Babyface GMs that are respected like William Regal would be a welcome addition to I don't know SmackDown. Just an idea. Plus, Triple H can focus on NXT, and I don't need to see him wrestle on WWE television. It's a win-win for everybody. Well, for me, at least. I'm just saying, because he's already down there, Yeah, boy, Triple H can hang out there. Maybe he can bury some more people while he's down there. Why you gotta... Maybe why? he can wrestle. Why? Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be yeah, boy, Triple H versus Adam Cole for the NXT title, why, and why he can win. Then, then he can just be... In fact, tell you what. Yeah, boy, Triple H... Can wrestle a four-on-one handicap match for all the belts and win. That'd be great. Ladies Boom. and gentlemen who listen to this program, <laughs> do you see the shenanigans and crap that I have to put up with on a weekly basis? Like, I love this man. I adore you. You know this. But there are some times you drive me absolutely insane with your asinine comments like that. And you know, because you know I, ad- I will defend Triple H, Paul Levesque, until the day that I can no longer stand, okay? And here you are, stand, sitting in front of your microphone, Sarah Schreiber loving, Mandy Sachs loving, Sonya Deville wishes he was she was straight loving, like, man over here taking shots at my boy Triple H. Renee Young and Booker T will be hosting the new show, WWE Backstage. It's on FS1, correct? That is correct. Yes. On uh, on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, um, Tuesday nights. I think it's at, like going to be eight Pacific, eleven Eastern. Um, and so what it's going to cover is basically all things uh, WWE news, which I think is going to be really really cool. So I actually have to also interject this question before yeah. we go on, and I apologize that no, I've no, gone no, on please. three tangents already. No, no, it's okay. Just thinking out loud. Yeah. If I'm WWE, 
and AEW wants Wednesdays. Right. If you're moving SmackDowns to Friday, mm-hmm. why would you not move NXT to Tuesdays? That way you have 80% of the week to yourself with no competition. As uh, that's, a great, that's a great point. The thing is, we know Vince McMahon pretty well, the businessman, mm-hmm. because we've seen him how he does business the past 25 years. Actually, it would be 60%. My math's ter- terrible. Continue. No, no, I got you. Vince McMahon wants that competition. He doesn't want somebody to rule I know. that day. I know. You know, he wants to go, like, he wants to interject himself there. So, as smart as it would have been to either, because here's the thing, if Fox was, if SmackDown was going to Fox, it wasn't going to stay on Tuesdays because Tuesday's too big of a too big of a day for Fox to be able to go ahead and do anything. So True. that's why they had to move over to to, to Fridays. True. Uh, NXT would have been perfect on Tuesdays and take over the slot that SmackDown had mm-hmm. because that it would have made sense. It would have been the perfect. You know where my thought process was because I thought 205 Live was still a show. Yeah. You could just move 205 Live to like Thursdays. That oh, well, here's the thing. Actually, the real quick, I, just I saw this earlier today. Th- NXT, that's U- NXT UK is moving to Thursdays now on the WWE Network. Okay, so then I sort of backed myself into saying that they have most, most of the week anyway. So basically, Tuesday is the only day of the week where there's no wrestling. That is correct. And, which is, of and, course, and it'll where you be get your WWE backstage as, as a news show, which the, is perfectly fine. Or this podcast, which we'll we don't do live. Yeah, I know. Anyway, should I'm we just sorry. drop it Tuesday nights? I we'll we'll talk about it. The point is <laughs> that we are doing. Uh, we are we are still in the middle of talking about WWE backstage. Of course, FS1 on the said fifth of fifth of November. November. 5th of November. Yeah. Okay. So it is not coming up. It is. A little ways out. That's correct. Okay. It's going to go ahead and be after the World Series, which kind of makes sense because FS1 is going to have a ton of World Series coverage. You mean when uh, the Dodgers defeat the Yankees in the World Series yeah, this year? Yeah, about that. You need to calm down with that prediction. Well, especially uh, since you guys just uh, lost uh, home field through the AL playoffs. Just saying. We have a Yankees fan and a Dodgers fan sitting across from each other. That's why I mentioned that. It's great job, uh, great job uh, going five and five in your last ten games. Thanks, Just man. Saying. I appreciate it. it was, uh, it's okay. One hundred four victories or something like that. Your gift is you'll probably absolutely annihilate the Twins, who have had an awesome season. I'm sorry, that was another tangent. WWE backstage with Renee Young and Booker T is going to be great. By Shucky way, Ducky. Yeah, no, it is going to be awesome. But here's the thing, though. As much I love Renee Young on commentary more than you do. I think we both established that. Even though you're, you you don't you don't hate Renee Young. On the contrary, you love Renee Young. You think she's great. You you've actually given her a huge compliment, calling her the next Mean Gene Okerlund. She is the next Mean Gene Okerlund. I wish they would just treat her that way and not try and. Okay, for instance, did we ever see Mean Gene Okerlund be a color commentator in WCW? No, we no, didn't. No, we didn't. We not. saw him do everything else. Yes. So this is what I would do, and this is what I told you, and I think you agreed with me on this. Since Renee is doing this show backstage with Booker, this is basically a full-time job. I understand that it's only going to be on once a week. I get that. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't take a lot to go ahead and produce a show. It takes a crap ton to do a show. So you're meaning to tell me that Renee's going to be flying all over the place with SmackDown, having to go ahead and come back to L.A. on Tuesdays to record this show with Booker T, and then go home to Moxley for, like, once once a week? Like, what kind of work schedule is that? Now, she agreed to it. That's fine. That's her prerogative. I mean, it's not like Mox is going to be home every night either, of course, because he's going to be traveling with All Elite. But I, I just, 
it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. It's like when, it, it, it's like the guys, it, Birch and Lorcan, for example, they keep flying across the pond to go over to UK just so they can go ahead and come back and work 205 Live and NXT. Like, that's a crazy flight schedule. Like, are they getting the miles? Sure. Yeah, of course they are. But, I mean, I'm just, in, in a serious capacity, that's an insane schedule that they're having to work, these guys. And now Renee's going to be a part of that, and as opposed, like, if she didn't have a crazy schedule to begin with. It's just, it really, I don't know. It doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, but it's okay. So, we got backstage. We got the WWE's switching the commentary teams up. And then the last bit of news that we have, which came across all platforms today, is Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Nitro, a.k.a. John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Lucha, a.k.a. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, Johnny Mundo. Excuse me, man, what a botch. Um, John Hennigan, John Morrison has reportedly re-signed with World Wrestling Entertainment. He is a, what, two-time Intercontinental Champ? Reportedly. Reportedly. Signed. Yes. Um, did he win the Intercontinental title twice? Uh, honestly, he's he's much more memorable as the uh, one half of the tag team Eminem and, of course... Uh, with Miz. With Miz, correct. Yes. Before they broke them up. By the way, I, compl- I had completely forgotten that when they feuded, they were the IC and the United States champions at the time. Oh. Yes. Nice. That was back when I thought they were still pushing Morrison, when at the time they were really pushing the Miz. Yeah, I- you look at it all, honestly, I was one of the few that said I thought Miz was going to be better than Morrison. I ended up being correct because Miz has stuck around with WWE. Morrison left. I'm not saying that Morrison was bad where he went in the indies and stuff like that. On the contrary, he went ahead and made a huge name for himself. Oh, by the way, really quickly, speaking of the Miz, congratulations to the Miz. Maurice just gave birth to their second daughter a couple of days ago. Beautiful uh, thing. I thought he announced that on whatever show he was just on. On Raw, yes. Yeah, so that was almost, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a few days. Actually, it was, was almost it, a week ago now. It was almost a week ago. So shout out um, to Ms. and Maurice. It's beautiful. Um, I I will get her name in a little bit. I'll go ahead and. Uh, in case yeah. you were wondering mm-hmm. for World Wrestling Entertainment, John Morrison was an ECW world champion. That's right. He was a three-time Intercontinental champion. Ah, okay. He was also a uh, like five-time tag team, tag team champion, four times with Eminem, one with no, I'm sorry. Three times with Eminem, twice with The Miz. Oh, Because okay. he was the WWE Tag Team Champion and the World Tag Team Champion with The Miz back when they had two sets of belts. Yes. Or then they unified them. And, and then they split the them up first, again. <laughs> the first team that won the unified tag team titles, wasn't it the Colognes? I don't remember. I think it was I think it was Carlito and Primo. Uh, Morrison won the Intercontinental title in 09, the first time. Mm-hmm. He beat uh, he beat Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that was in 09. He beat, <laughs> he beat uh, Rey Mysterio. Very long time ago. And then, when else? Oh, wait. Is he another one? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Did he win most of his? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? see this again I'm i sorry. wish i knew what he, he was talking did about. win two intercontinental titles as johnny nitro and one as john morrison oh, that's true he uh his first one was back in 06 in a triple threat match with shelton benjamin and carlito that would be at vengeance nice that year and then uh he would lose it to jeff hardy and then he would win it back 
By the way, I uh, remember the, And then he would drop it to Jeff Hardy again. I remember the main event of Vengeance 2006. If I'm not mistaken, I am pretty gosh darn sure that it was DX versus was it DX versus the Spirit Squad? In a five-on-two handicap match. Yeah. Yes, it was. The Encyclopedia of Knowledge. By the way, you got big ups from uh, one of our uh, one of our fans oh, right yeah? there. Yes. She called you the Encyclopedia of Wrestling. Well, isn't she an adorable human being? Yes. Whoever that was. CP Razor on uh, Instagram. Oh, she's Check the one out. that does the Twitch stuff, right? Yes. Oh, shout out to her. Thank so, you. I yeah. appreciate that. No, very, very kind of you. I yeah, do my best, was, guys. She's in the middle of moving and apparently got lost on some of our shows and... I then scolded her, and now CP she's caught Razor, up. So. Catch up. We're, we got you on Spotify. We got you on iTunes. We got you on Google Podcasts. We got you on Stitcher, Radio Public, Breaker. Uh, I mean, you can make your own platform, and I'll make sure to put it on there, too. Another cheap plug for you. By the way, that was also one of the uh, two out of three false matches that ended 2-0. Ric Flair and Mick Foley. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yes. And I think 2006, that was Vengeance. Oh, didn't Edge win? No, 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 no. Hold on. Hmm. Vengeance 06. I think it was it was Edge and RVD for the WWE title. It was. Yeah. And RVD won. And John Cena beat Sabu. By submission in an Extreme Rules Lumberjack match. Did you also know that Imposter Kane beat Kane on that show? I do remember that. However, there needs to be a triple threat match involving corporate Kane. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, man. Yes. Good stuff. Umaga faced Eugene at that pay-per-view, by uh, the way. R.I.P. Umaga. So remind me again: Is Umaga's Roman Reigns' older brother, or is he? His no, cousin? I thought that was Rosie. Rosie's one of his older brothers. Yes, I don't remember. Oh wait, no, Umaga. I'm sorry. He's his uncle. Umaga is Rikishi's brother. That's what it was. There you go. Okay, here we go. I forgot that Orton and Angle wrestled on that show too. Anyway, that's your Vengeance 2006 pseudo review. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, look. Uh, John Morrison, which I assume is going to be his name when he comes back to WWE. Right. Kind of an odd move. I'm not going to lie. I actually didn't surprised. think he was ever going to come back. Um, he went to Lucha Underground. He went to Impact. Um, I actually thought he would be a prime candidate to go to an AEW. Perhaps they didn't have any interest. Mm -hmm. That's possible. Um, that was also during the time when Impact was taking a lot of the guys that WWE had a falling out with. They took on Morrison. They took out, or they took out, they took on the Alberto El Patrones for a while. They took on the, and, and even earlier, they took Jeff Hardy. They took Ken Kennedy or Mr. Anderson. They took Doc Gallows at that time. Yes, Luke Gallows worked for Impact at one time. Um, Bully Ray worked for Impact at one time. Why you I, could go on and on. Why RVD. Am, why am I forgetting, homeboy? Help me out. Which guy are we talking about? There's a stunt double. Oh, Damian Sandow. Yeah, thank you. What was his name? Axel Rex or whatever? Axel Rex? Um, really weird name they gave him when he came over to Impact. Yes, it was a very weird gimmick. But yes, that's another that's another yeah. example of that. Aaron Rex. Thank you. Was the name. So, kind of an odd move for John mm -hmm. Morrison to go back. I don't know. There's, there's really two options to do. You either keep him as far away from people who he was previously associated with mm -hmm. before he left, or uh, or you don't. So either you immediately have him hang out with R-Truth and The Miz, or you keep him very far away from those two. My, if it were me, I'd, I'd put him in NXT for a couple of different reasons. Okay. Um, one, um, 
because of what he's done in the independent circuit, I think that his style nowadays kind of reflects more, it would match up well with a lot of the guys in NXT, first of all. Second of all, if you want somebody to kind of get their feet wet again with the WWE, I think the perfect place to get that done is once again in NXT. Yeah, I'd rather just throw him back on the main roster. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, I know, but... And unless your plan is to have him get over on the stars on NXT, I wouldn't put him down there. I wouldn't. Well, I don't know. I, I Honestly, uh, to, to be perfectly honest with you, if you just want to just put him back on TV, I'd just put him on Raw. Everybody knows who he is. Did you put him as a heel or as a face? Baby face. Baby face? Yeah. Okay. Because everybody's going to be excited that he's back. True. And True. Every, and and people that only watch WWE, and there are those of you that are out there, and that's fine. I'm not telling you, you that you're bad wrestling fans. I think you're missing out on some things. But there are people that only watch WWE. Right. In fact, there, there are people that only watch Raw or only watch SmackDown or only watch NXT or only watch the pay-per-views or only watch WrestleMania. There are those people. Oh, I know that. They get the network for a month. They get mm-hmm. WrestleMania for free. They end the month, they don't renew it, and they come back in a year. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there were so many people that there were friends of mine who only watched WrestleMania 28 because it was Rock's first match back. There you go. Yeah. And by the way, if you if you hadn't watched wrestling in a long time and you wanted to watch one show, and then you wanted to, you know, just kind of get a taste of it and see if you wanted to get back into it, I don't fault you. Yeah. So John Morrison being back, uh, we'll see. First of all, it's not even confirmed yet. We don't know if it's officially going to happen. If it does happen, then uh, I would just throw him right back in to get his feet wet. Because it's not like he's been doing nothing. He has been wrestling. He's always been in phenomenal shape. Yes. Um, when pushed cor- when pushed correctly, he actually was a pretty decent babyface. He got rushed into his first heel role uh, because that was uh, actually right during the time when the whole Chris Benoit thing happened. He actually replaced Chris Benoit at Night of Champions and beat CM Punk That's to win the true. ECW title. That is true. That was that whole thing. That was that, that was, was prime time Johnny Nitro. Yep. That was back when everybody was like, oh, CM Punk's finally getting over. Yeah, it took him four more years after that. Four years when they could have just pushed him then. Unbelievable. Anyway. Is that our news? That is our news. All right. I... I think I think it's not that time that you're thinking of, but I think it's that time. We are going to talk Hell in a Cell matches. It's going to be kind of our open forum this week. We were going to do a top five, then we decided to do an open forum. Then the show went long last week. That's not blaming anybody. I'm just saying we had a good show. We just ran out of time. Right. So this week, I brought up a specific list, and I now have it in front of me. Ross brought up a list, and he's checking it twice. I'm going to reference the website Den of Geek. Yes, because that's the information I'm getting from my list here. I'm not going to rank it. I'm just saying they ranked the best Hell in a Cell matches. This was from September 13th of 2018. That left out the two Hell in a Cell matches that were last year. They would not make my top list anyway. That's fine. It doesn't matter. So there have been 40 Hell in a Cell matches. 40 is a lot. It does help when there's a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell and you're forced to have Hell in a Cell matches every year. But that being said, as I look back on this, because we, uh, we're we coming up on Hell in a Cell. Yes. It's kind of a weird time for WWE because we've got all this TV programming going on. Then we have a pay-per-view. Then we have a Saudi Arabia show. Then we got 
war games. Then we then have war games, and then we have Survivor Series. And then whatever the show is to end the year in December, which I believe think is that's TLC. TLC. Yeah. Hopefully not with stairs. I say that every time. <laughs> perhaps we'll have uh, perhaps we'll have instead of stairs, it'll be TLCS with scaffold. You never know. This guy. Scaffold match. This guy. Why not? My God. Yeah. Why not? So let's just let's just get all the jokes out of the way. Obviously, nobody's saying the Undertaker versus Big Boss Man from WrestleMania 15 nope. is anywhere up there. Although. Uh, there were some interesting matches that were listed pretty high on this list. Again, I'm just going off of the list again from Den of Geek. This author is Gavin Jasper, so I'm giving credit because I'm just referencing this list. So that's why I just want to make sure that I give proper credit because that's where I'm listing it. Fair enough. I got to tell you, there are some of these matches that I saw live in person. There are some matches on here that are some very infamous matches that are either ranked way too high or way too low. I will tell you right now, this person's number one Hell in a Cell match would make my top five. Okay. And that is Cactus Jack versus Triple H from No Way Out in 2000 for the WWF title and Mick Foley's career. Because this is back when Mick Foley was wrestling as two different people. Yes. But not really. Because he had been beaten down by Triple H... And came back as Cactus Jack and freaked out Triple H, and then Triple H beat him. Twice. And then, of course, Mick Foley came back a month later at WrestleMania because even though he was retired, they had to bring him back for the Four Corners match at WrestleMania 2000, which was a McMahon in every corner that was very forgettable. I'm just saying. Except for the last 15 minutes of it, or the last 10, 15 minutes, which was Rock and Triple H. I never liked the uh, combination of Shane McMahon and The Big Show. I didn't like the combination of uh, Mick Foley and Linda McMahon. It was weird. It's true. And then uh, it was, of course, uh, Steph and ya boy Triple H and uh, Vince with uh, The Rock. Which is always a great pairing. Not as great as the Austin-Vince pairing. Of course, Honestly. they were, uh, whatchamacallit. But yes, I mean, it's synonymous. I mean, you've got two of the biggest stars in the history of the business in your business at the same time. Correct. It does help. Plus, when Rock and Austin have such great chemistry against Vince. Against and with Vince, actually. Yes. And I mean, Triple H awesome. had some pretty good uh, chemistry with Vince as well. Yes, but uh, if we're put, I mean, again. When push I, comes to shove, it's, I, rock and tri- it's rock and stone cold. I, I know he's your boy, and he's got a lot of influence over the business, not only as a wrestler, but in the behind-the-scenes thing. But Triple H is not at the same level as Rock and Austin. Can we be fair in saying that? Yes, we can. Okay. I may give him a lot of crap, and I may not ever want to see him wrestle again, but I will at least give him his credit of having an impact on the business. That's all. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from In Your House, Bad Blood 1997 is a classic match. It's the first ever Hell in a Cell match, if I'm not mistaken. It is. That is also when it was spelled B-A-double-D, blood. Bad blood. It's true. Gotta watch out. And it was back in the day of In Your House stuff. WWF wasn't, in your house. Wasn't Bad Blood where uh was it uh was it Kevin Nash and Triple H had a uh, uh yeah, so Bad Blood a hosted Cell match. multiple uh Bad Blood hosted multiple Hell in a Cell matches. They had Kevin Nash and Triple H with uh Mick Foley as a special guest referee. And then the year after that in 2004, they had um Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. And then the next year at Vengeance, it was mm-hmm. Batista and Triple H in 05. And there then you in, go. and then in 07, the gloriousness that was Batista and The Undertaker, which I believe happened at Survivor Series. So, 
I only mentioned those two because mm-hmm. I think those two are pretty synonymous with being in the top five. Uh, there are some other matches that I would say are very high up there, but maybe are not consensus everyone's in there. I would say the first two matches I just mentioned are probably in everybody's top five. What, Shawn Michaels and... and- Shawn Michaels, Undertaker from Bad Blood... Or, I'm sorry, In Your House, Bad Blood, 1987, and the Cactus Jack Triple H match at in 2000. I would agree with you, and I would also say that... No tri- way out. I would say that Triple H, uh, Mick Foley, and Undertaker are synonymous with the structure as well. I think that's a given. Yes. Yeah. Now, of course, the other match that everybody will talk about is Undertaker versus Mankind. Yes. That would be from King of the Ring 1998. Yes. That is the other match that people will probably will probably put in their top five for the significance of the match. Ex- but that's the thing. You hit the nail right on the head, Ross, because it's the significance of the match, but it's not a great match at all. On the contrary, it's actually kind of a boring match. The only two... Uh, I mean, it does have two of the most hellacious bumps ever. Yeah, but there's a difference between there being two crazy bumps and then the match actually being good. For example, Cactus Jack and Triple H actually had a great overall match, and of course you've got the crazy bump of Cactus Jack going through the cell into the ring. And then of course, um, if I'm not mistaken, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels was the last five-star rated match before CM Punk and John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Talking about their match at WrestleMania 25? No, I'm talking about their Hell in a Cell match in 97. It was a last-rated five-star match by Meltzer. Did Meltzer not give 25 five-stars? He gave a 4.75. You always talk about it because the only reason why he Idiot. didn't call it perfect because of Taker's bump when he ran into the— when, when he Oh, right, because he thought he was dead. Right. Yeah, that, so did everybody I, else. I, I'm sorry. That, that, that's I, a five-star match. I'm well aware of that. It is. I know. But I'm just saying Meltzer, the last match he rated five stars for WWE was— uh, HBK and, and Taker at hell in their Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood in 97. Yeah, and then he gave away seven stars and ruined his whole system. Exactly. Um, so what I actually want to ask you is I kind of want to go rapid fire here and yeah. you tell me a match that's Hell in a Cell that you really enjoyed. Okay. And I'm just referencing, again, I've been referencing the Den of Geek list from Gavin Jasper from September 13th of 2018. Mm-hmm. This is not my list. This is not J-Man's list. This is one person's list. It's just a comparison of what we're talking about. So I, so I will give the floor to you to tell me a match that you hold in very high regard as a Hell in a Cell match, like in you know, within your top five or top ten. I'm not saying list the whole thing. I'm saying right. kind of go back and forth here. I think that one of the matches genuinely because these two men have tremendous chemistry and they're one of the, they're two of the biggest big, they're two of the best big men ever. I think Batista and Undertaker at Survivor Series in 2007 has got to be up there. It's one that I hold dearly. I think it's a fantastic match. Um, you know, for those of you who haven't ever watched Undertaker and Batista go, especially in their primes, watch their 2007 Hell in a Cell match at Survivor Series. It is truly fantastic. And then, of course, Edge intertwined himself yet again into this rivalry because he speared, yeah, he speared the Undertaker, and that's how uh, Batista retained the World Heavyweight Championship. So that's one match that I definitely hold up. So, um. I've talked with people a lot about Dave Batista mm-hmm. and how much I enjoy him as a performer. Yeah. In the many stages that he was a performer, big time babyface. Yep. Um, kind of a sidekick role with evolution. And then he had his latest or he had his heel role when he was with John Cena dressing in the designer jeans and all yep. that fun stuff. His heel role is completely underrated. It is. But uh 
he was not the easiest guy to work with. No, he was not. However, I'll say this with a straight face. His two best rivals were Triple H and Undertaker. It's not even close. Like, I'm not saying having a good match with The Undertaker or Triple H is easy or hard. I'm saying that it's it's good to know that you not only have one person that you had amazing chemistry with, you actually had two. I am not saying Batista and Edge didn't have good matches, but Edge had much better chemistry with Taker, mm-hmm. and Batista had much better chemistry with Taker, I think that, and they had less chemistry with each other. I think that bodes well for The Undertaker, to be honest with you. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Triple H, I love the Batista Triple H match from Vengeance 2005. It's a fantastic match. Uh, that is, that is the best feud of Batista's career. The Triple H, yeah, for yes. sure. When Triple H put him over three times. three times, yeah, that feud that is that is of course right after he left Evolution. He won the title at WrestleMania 21 mm-hmm. out in LA, and then of course uh, he won the two return matches. Back when they actually, you know, prolonged feuds and actually, you know, drew things out. And, oh, yeah, had like Hell in a Cell matches be feud enders, Absolutely. you know, normal things. Right. Uh, so that was the, that was the, uh, not passing of the torch, it's kind of a cliche term, but I will say that that was Triple H saying, you're the man. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he got drafted to SmackDown not too far it, after that. It actually, yeah, he moved over to SmackDown because Cena moved over to Raw like, a few weeks prior because yes. they elongated the draft. The draft was like a month long. It was a new pick coming over to each show every week. That's and then correct. The last pick was Batista coming over to SmackDown because JBL had just beaten Booker T and Chris Benoit and Christian to be crowned the new SmackDown champion. And Teddy Long came out and was like, no need. SmackDown hit the jackpot, baby. That's that was right. the actual line. Uh, okay, I just said mine, so the Triple H Batista one, so go ahead. Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, both of those matches. For those of you who don't know, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar had not one, but two Hell in a Cell matches, and they were completely different from one another, which is what makes the Brock Lesnar-Undertaker feud so fantastic. So, just for reference, No Mercy 2002. Correct. This would be uh, pretty early Brock Lesnar and still very prime Undertaker. This is definitely very prime Undertaker. This was... Brock Lesnar, I think he'd been champion for a mu- two months because okay. he'd beaten Rock at SummerSlam, and then he had a double DQ match with Undertaker at Unforgiven, and then they had their rematch inside of Hell in a Cell. And it's iconic because you see Brock Lesnar get on top of the cell and then, you know, throw up his WWE Championship, which was a it's a it's an iconic image. Um, and then of course you had the second Hell in a Cell match that they had, which 2015. was 2015 at mm-hmm. Hell in a Cell. Um, which also, by the way, took in, took place in L.A. Um, I personally think that their 2015 match was a little bit better to me um, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, Brock Lesnar gets a lot of flack uh, in, since he's come back in 2012 because he's the he's just suplex machine, right? He, all he does is suplexes. All he does is Germans. However, his match at SummerSlam in 2015 with The Undertaker and his rematch with him at uh, Hell in a Cell that year shows you that when properly motivated, and I have to say this all the time, but when properly motivated, Brock Lesnar can still go with the best of them in this company and in the world, period. Just watch his match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam this year. Just watch his matches with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Just watch him, then come talk to me. You saw this with The Undertaker. There's a cra- It's the crazy spot of he tears up the... Um, 
the 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 not the ring apron, but the actual padding itself, mm-hmm. and then he F fives the Undertaker on the wood, and you're like, oh snap, what a moment! What I loved about this was again, Taker wasn't in the best shape, but Taker was still going for it all, and they turned it into a real slugfest, and it was Brock and Taker allowing themselves to push just a bit past the PG rating because the thing is that ever since 2010 has rolled around, Hell in a Cell hasn't really been Hell in a Cell. It's been more of a heck on a deck, if you will. It's been very PG. It's been absolutely nothing. There's it's been the it's the it's the pay per view that happens in the fall. Correct, because it's Halloween, you know, and it's stupid. But Undertaker and Brock Lesnar were actually able to take advantage of what the Hell in a Cell structure was all about. I have very fond memories of uh, The Undertaker and Triple H at 28 with Shawn Michaels as the referee in which I saw probably the closest near fall to ending the streak I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure I shouted at my television going, what? Easily the best match of that pay-per-view. Easily, uh, actually, I was best not match a fan of, of 28. Now, remember yeah. also mm-hmm. that if I was booking it, you would have had Cena beat Rock. I do. Yeah. But I understand why they were not going to have Rock lose his match in his hometown. I get it. Plus, it fit the storyline of Cena getting him back in New York. Mm-hmm. And then there were plans to do a third match, and they didn't do them. Yeah. Because they just finished. Plus, Rock, Rock kept getting his, hurt. Rock tore his oblique. Right. Actually, Rock got hurt in both those matches. Yes, The he point did. is, Undertaker and Triple H from 28 ruled. That match was sick. It ruled. Yeah. Also, total side note, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Sure. Please, please, for whatever is sweet up above, please rewatch The New Day versus The Usos from Hell in a Cell 2017. So with you on that, man. This was during the time period where I said these two teams could feud until the end of time. It's true. Yes. Please, please go watch that match. For the SmackDown Tag Team titles? I've got one that we haven't mentioned, and I'm about to mention it right now. Um, I've Actually, two. One, kind of a boring match, and it's actually Triple H and Shawn Michaels, because shockingly enough, this match wasn't that great. I know, it, it, first of all, for those of you who don't know, it is the longest Hell in a Cell match ever. It's like 45 minutes long. That doesn't make it good. That doesn't go make ahead. it any good. And, that, and the funny thing is about this is Triple H and Shawn Michaels have incredible chemistry together. We all know this. SummerSlam 2002, the triple threat with Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20. Like, they have some outstanding matches. And this was a good match, but it wasn't great. And then they pushed it to be 45 freaking minutes long. So I just want to throw that out there. That's not a very good match. However, um, the six-man eliminate. Excuse me, the six-man Hell in a Cell match. Uh, Armageddon at Armageddon 2000. Now that that to me is the precursor to Hell in a Cell because Hell in a oh my God, what is wrong with me, Roswell? The precursor to Elimination Chamber is what I meant to to say. That had the infamous spot of Rikishi going off into yes. a, a truck full of hay or oats or whatever it was. It was hay. That is correct. Okay. And this is Kurt Angle defending his WWF title against The Rock. And retaining. And retaining, yes. The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, The Undertaker, and Rikishi. Bad man. Yep. Yeah, that was He did it for The time. Rock. He, he, he did it for the people. He did it for the people. This is back when they were like, oh, crap, Rikishi's not a big enough name. We'll just have your boy Triple H be the mastermind of the whole thing. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, good times. Kurt Angle and his white leotard. 
winning the match. Man. Or singlet. That's what it's called. I called it a leotard. Yes. <laughs> Retaining his WWF title in that hellacious match. Who did, who did he? Did he pin Rock? I think he pinned Rock. He either pinned Rock or okay, Triple Undertaker H. was on top of the cell. Yeah. Austin was beating the hell out of Triple H. Yeah. He did pin the Rock. Yeah, I think I think Stone Cold uh I think Stone Cold stunned Rock and I think Kurt Angle took advantage and pinned the Rock. For those of you who said that Rock never put over anybody, y'all are crazy. That would make sense. Yeah. That would make sense. I'm actually kind of surprised that we never saw Stone Cold and Triple H in a Hell in a Cell match. Considering that their feud was ridiculously good. Um. <laughs> Whenever Ross laughs directly. Okay, so <laughs> I'm laughing at... Okay, this is what happened. Yeah. It's now all coming back to me. Okay. Triple H got back in the ring, and I believe Angle crawled barely on top of the rock and basically pinned him with one finger. Very similar to Kevin Owens. Um, the only way that he was able to go ahead and get the count broken up at WrestleMania 33 with him and Jericho was him putting his index finger on the ring rope. Correct. Yeah. So, we could spend even more time on this. I will tell you that that match is ranked much lower than I thought it was because I actually love that match. That and match that is, is a, it, it is. It's the precursor to the Elimination Chamber. Now, I will tell you that uh, we have two Hell in a Cell matches coming up at this pay-per-view. Yes, we do. Which we are reviewing uh next sunday uh a week from this upcoming from this upcoming tuesday is when we will be reviewing that that show i know i'm sorry we are previewing it excuse me yes yes and then we'll be reviewing it a week from tuesday right so seth rollins and bray wyatt or the fiend the wwe universal championship and then uh, becky lynch and sasha banks in the second ever yes hell in a cell match it was sasha and charlotte that is correct i didn't like that match either that match, they worked I remember, hard. I remember that match ending with, was it natural selection after a botched table spot? Yes. That's why uh, I didn't like however, that. However, there was one cool spot when Sasha's climbing the cell on the outside and then Charlotte power bombs her to the announce table. That was cool. Sure. Yeah. By the way, that match, um, that event took place in Boston, Massachusetts, which is Sasha's hometown. Yeah, no wonder she lost. Everybody loses in their hometown. Yeah, it's Charlotte. Charlotte lost in Charlotte. True story. The uh, Golden One Center in Sacramento, California. Home of the Sacramento Kings. Maybe there'll be a playoff team this year. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they've been close a couple times. By the way, so Raw and SmackDown emanated from San Francisco this week at the new Chase Center, which is the new home of the Golden State Warriors. I miss the days when they would go to events in San Francisco, when they would go to the Cow Palace. That's where Eddie Guerrero won his WWE title. Old Cow Palace with help from uh, Bill Goldberg. Oh, yeah. I'm t- listen, let me just say it now Eddie Guerrero is top three greatest SmackDown superstars ever. All right. I'm not going to get into a fight with don't you on ha- this. Don't get there into is it. a, there it's is fine. a, uh, what is there, a bracket on Instagram? That is correct. Saying uh, the, uh, the fact that Eddie Guerrero is a four seed boggles my mind. And Ed Rey Mysterio is a one. Crazy. Okay. So what? here's what I will tell you. For greatest SmackDown superstar of all time. I mean, I could just go by default because they named the show after one of his catchphrases. Mm -hmm. That being The Rock, because he's laying the SmackDown on all your candy asses, if I remember correctly. 
Yes. Go something like that, yeah. No, I I just <laughs> I just remember during the first ever draft, Vince McMahon be like, nobody cares about anybody's candy ass. <laughs> I still remember that. And then, of course, that would be the you are an a-hole chant that was at Penn State University. It sure was. I love that show. Ric Flair uh, drafting for Raw and then uh, drafting Brock Lesnar after Vince tried to cheat. It was great. I love those days. I miss those days. Hopefully we get them back next Hopefully week. we get some semblance of it back. Yes. So, now it is that time of the show. <coughs> Roswell, are you ready? Let us hit them with it. Everybody's down for the three count. I can't get you out of my heart. I knew we were in trouble right from the start. You should have played it smart, but I can't get you out of my heart. Three count. Get in there, baby. That's right. It's a big shout out to the old the old uh, group in WCW. Three count. Watch them on YouTube and laugh hysterically. Yes. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together. Sing along with three count. Amazing. But are they better than the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC? And Britney Spears is kind of cute. We're on TRL and MTV. Yeah, it's good times. I could go on. <laughs> and by the way, 98 degrees. Don't forget about 98 degrees. Yikes. <laughs> All I remember of them is, didn't they do the, one of the songs in Mulan? True to your heart. Wasn't that them? I have no idea. I but I will say I this. I love Mulan. Can they please stop making live action remakes of great Disney movies? It pisses me off. I will not see them. You're not going to see Mulan? I Absolutely Mulan, not. I Thank goodness Toy Story 4 is coming out on Blu-ray soon. That was a great movie, even though I, it was completely unnecessary. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited to it's see great. it. It's yeah, great. See it immediately. No, I know. I'm waiting. Andre, here's the thing. I couldn't take Andres to the movie theater yet, but now it's coming to it's coming to Blu-ray, and guess what? I'm going to watch it at my house, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be four again. It's going to be lovely. Three count, the three most important things happening in the wrestling world this week. This will probably be one of the last weeks where it's pretty much all WWE. This is true. In fact, I'll probably make a bold claim that on our first Tuesday show, there'll probably be some AEW talk. Really? I may even switch it up and talk about Impact. You Holy never know. Holy smokies. I know. It's good times. So, as I always ask every week, oh, by the way, it goes in one, two, three, like a wrestling count, or in my case, one, two, slick back hair, John Cone, two style. Well, the person also has to kick out a two and a half. Hey. Remember that. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I know, right? He could count to three and then still slick back the hair. Ross doesn't really have a lot of hair. It's true. Yeah, But I've got hair. Look at that. I can go ahead and slick back. Check it out. Watch out. You're wearing the pink shirt this evening. Fuchsia, man. It's still pink. What are you, an interior decorator now? The three most important things <laughs> in the wrestling business this week. Please don't answer that. I don't want to know your side jobs. You probably already work seven other side jobs. I work one other side job. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'm going to go first. All right, go for Because I'm it. an interior decorator. Yes, you are. All right. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, you know, he wears this pink shirt, and I just feel like he's probably going it's to. It's fuchsia. It's pink. Go. God damn it. My number one <laughs> this week is um, Rey Mysterio. Is I can't, Is he the number one contender to the Universal title, or is he the number two contender to the Universal title? He is the number one contender because he's getting a WWE Universal title match before, this week on Raw. Yeah, before, before Bray the Wyatt. So, in... In terms of WCW logic, mm -hmm. technically, if Rey Mysterio were to win the Universal title this week, he, he would be feed. facing 
not Bray Wyatt. <laughs> because the old rules were, if even if you signed a match, Bray Wyatt signed a match with Seth Rollins, not Rey Mysterio. Point. So technically, point. Bray Wyatt would want Rey Mysterio to lose. Hint, hint, that's probably going to happen on television this week. Just saying. Yes. That being said, Continue. so this is the thing about Rey Mysterio winning the, the number one contendership. First of all, it was a very strong match. He beat um, Bobby Roode. Excuse me. Hold on. Wait. Robert Roode. He also beat Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinny Nax. Shout out to Cultaholic. It's true. Uh, Rico Chet. Shout out to Roswell. Rico Chet. It's true. Not Rico. Sorry. That's mine. Yeah. It's the fumes from Trevor all the decorating man. you're doing. Trevor Man. <laughs> and Alan Jones was also involved in this match, who is the champion of the United States of America, AJ Styles. Of course, the best wrestler on the planet. Just wanted to go ahead and throw that out there for anybody who thinks it's Okada. Fools. Any hoozle. So here's the thing about all this. So it's the end. It's getting close to the end of Rey Mysterio's wrestling career. Let's be honest. The man is 44. His knees are that of a 67-year-old at this point. Chavo Guerrero has busted him up profusely. Um, but in no way, I, okay, I said it last week that if you wanted to get eyeballs on USA for the season premiere on Monday Night Raw, that you needed to have Seth Rollins face off against a really, really big name. So you either give us the rematch of Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, or you give us Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. And lo and behold, we're getting Rey Mysterio. This is a wonderful move to not only legitimize legitimize uh, Seth Rollins' universal title run, which, by the way, it's already pretty legit. Look at the look at the names he's beaten. He's beaten Brock Lesnar twice. He's beaten Baron Corbin. He's beaten Braun Strowman. He's beaten AJ Styles. Now, you put him in the ring with Rey Mysterio, you're guaranteeing yourself two things. One, this is going to be a phenomenal match. Like, you'd be stupid to not think so. And two, it's Rey Mysterio being on top one last time. And I'm really happy, but at the same time, it saddens me. Because you and I have grown up watching Rey literally grown up watching Rey Mysterio. We watched him as as like one of the king of the cruiserweights when he was in WCW along with Eddie and with Chris Jericho and with Benoit and Malenko. And then we saw him come over to WWE in 2002 and then again be the same ruler of the cruiserweights with Kidman and with Tajiri and with Funaki and with, with Jimmy Wang Yang and Chavo Guerrero and Chavo Classic. And then finally he became the main eventer. And he's basically been one of the goats from that point on. He is the best luchador World Wrestling Entertainment has ever had. He's probably one of the greatest luchadors ever, period. And uh, it's just beautiful to see him one more time getting the love and appreciation that this man has earned up until this point. And I'm really excited, yet it saddens me just a tad, that... uh, he might not get another world title run, but at least he's going to put on a showstopper with Seth Rollins uh, in Phoenix on uh, this upcoming Monday. So, it was a long one. It's Ray. I got to give my love to Ray. Even though you know exactly what's going to happen. Yes, I do. He's going to have the match won. Bray Wyatt's going to come out and Mandible claw him, and it, the match will get thrown out. So he's getting a universal title match that means nothing. Or Seth Rollins might just pin him clean. Yeah, I see Bray Wyatt scaring him, which, by the way, Seth Rollins being terrified of a guy in a mask, not terrified that he beat up Braun Strowman, is the dumbest booking decision ever. Your top babyface champion should not be afraid of someone. 
done with my rant. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very short with my three count because we've basically discussed all of these things. My my number one this week is uh, the announced teams getting shaken up. Not a fan of Michael Cole. I I really think they need to uh, put him out to pasture soon. Not a big fan. However, I understand that they want to make a big deal. They want their uh, they want their A team on SmackDown. That's fine. They keep the teams together. I'm still a little weary about what's going on on Raw. Uh, I, I still have no idea what the aversion is to put Mauro Ronaldo on the main roster. Personally, he's way overqualified to be hyping up NXT when the fans already do it for them. Yeah, I said it. Mauro Ronaldo is above NXT. Above it. He needs to be on Raw. But apparently, they are just not willing to do that. So, I will give Raw a chance. I will give it a real chance with this announced team. I won't give up after one week. Right. Because the SmackDown team is basically the old Raw team. I mean, it is. Yes. So I will give it a fair chance before I give my opinion of how good or bad it is. Mm -hmm. And then they've got all this other programming going on and they're shifting people and I don't know what they're going to do. So I will give it a fair chance. But this is clearly a move that says that they want to make SmackDown a big thing. They want to make a big statement. I'm just going to laugh when the exact reasoning you wanted Seth Rollins to beat Brock Lesnar is the exact reason why Brock Lesnar is going to beat Kofi Kingston on SmackDown this week. We got to have a full timer on the belt with all this uh, war going on. But Yeah, it's going to come back in your face when Brock Lesnar becomes the uh, WWE champion again. Makes me happy. I'm actually going to be thrilled to hear his music this time. I'll probably still chant what I normally chant, which I will not repeat on this podcast. But I'll be happy because Kofi Kingston, the 11-year man who's a company guy, finally be sans belt. But the announced team's changing. I'll give it a chance. It is big news. They're shaking things up. Plus, there's a draft. Maybe Michael Cole will be drafted 205 Live. That would be tremendous. Maybe Tom Phillips will take over afterwards. That would also be tremendous. Why doesn't he have a job? Okay, that's my number one. You done? Never. Go on. I'll echo your sentiments on my number two because it is the huge you know, switch up. But here's the thing. This is, I have a feeling that as of right now, even though that Raw is the flagship show, SmackDown has, not that it was never not important, because I feel like SmackDown has always been important, but I think it's on equal playing field now, brother. I think that they legitimately are looking at SmackDown being on Fox, because it's the one that's on actual world broadcast television. Fox is a completely national show. You do not have to have cable to have Fox. Um... It's a huge thing, and it's. I'm glad that they're treating it with this major importance because Fox is investing a lot of money into SmackDown. And uh, you know who I'm really happy for in this entire situation? I'm really happy for Corey Graves. Because Corey Graves, I feel like he doesn't get enough appreciation. There's a reason why he was pulling double duty for the last year and a half, two years, because he's great, because they know that what they, they, know what they have with Corey Graves. And... Uh, I hope that this exposure on Fox goes ahead and treat you know is good for him, and I think it will be. Um, Vic Joseph, I think is going to be a he's going to do a mighty fine job. I think that it's sad that as we discussed that Tom Phillips does not currently have a role, but I'm hoping that they go ahead and figure that out soon for him and Saxon's sake. And um, yeah, no, I disagree with you entirely with Michael Cole because when Michael Cole is on it, Michael Cole is on it. 
and I think that he's going to make I think he's going to do a wonderful call of calling uh, this upcoming uh, Friday's show, especially the main event of Brock versus Kofi. Vintage Brock Lesnar, or I should say classic. Now he's using classic instead of vintage. It's funny. I, I prefer vintage. I, I prefer Vintage he, Rock. I prefer he just retire, but that's just me. My number two of my three count this week, I will admit to you, I am very impressed with how seriously they are promoting and really propping up NXT on USA. Man, aren't they doing a great job? I've been very impressed. And this is why I will continue to say I really do believe they want this to be a third brand. Instead of, like, gone are the days of this being developmental. Of course, it's kind of in the case for a while, but now this is officially the this is not developmental anymore. Now, if you want to say it's a stepping stone still, I still would rather it just be the third show. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to say it's derogatory. I'm saying, honestly, at this point, they should really treat NXT on the same level. Yes, I agree. And maybe some people do, and maybe some people think of it even above Raw and SmackDown, and that's fine. But it's going to two hours. They can fit a lot more in. They can now have a bigger roster than they've had and put more people on TV every week which will expose some people and really showcase other people, right. which is good because there are some people I don't need to see on TV every week. By the way, this was Kathy Kelly's first ever time on actual WWE television. Okay. Because she's been on the network, but this is broadcast television. But, okay, for instance, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, the entrance the Undisputed Era did this week to open the show. Super badass. Amazingly badass. Yeah. And guess what? The- I realize they've started shows with them coming out on the stage. And coming out. That was something different and cool that they did because now they're a big-time player on the USA Network. It's a big deal for them, sure and they're is. treating it that way. And it feels like what they're doing with everything they're doing is important. And that doesn't mean that NXT has not been important all these years, but now it's just a different feel. And the other thing that they've done is this. Okay, I was very weary of how the USA Hour and the WWE Network Hour were going to be different. And there were differences. Mm -hmm. But what you're seeing is that if you just translate the elements from the WWE Network and put them in the USA kind of form, it works. kind of combine them, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. So, as with most things, you have a couple of weeks where all eyeballs are on you, and you knock it out of the park, and you're good. Now it's all about sustainability. Absolutely. So they have to be able to do this every week, keep people hooked, and now they have twice the onus because now they have AEW Dynamite coming up right up in their grill this coming up week. So they got to knock it out of the park every week. They do. Because AEW Dynamite's going to bring it. Yes, they are. And not only does NXT have to bring it, Raw and SmackDown have to bring it, and they know this. Yes, but at the same time, it goes both ways. All Elite Wrestling now has to bring it, too. Of course they're they ma- do. They're messing with the giant. All I'm saying is I've now seen two weeks of NXT on USA. Yeah. I've, I've yet to see a Dynamite show on TNT. Right. Which, by the way, I think I already know what they're opening the show with. believe they're starting with Cody versus Sammy Guevara. That would make sense. Yes. Or, or they could go ahead and have Moxley open up with a promo. Because Moxley's supposed to be there. What I've been told is they are opening with wrestling. Okay, well, good. They don't want to open with a promo. That doesn't mean Moxley's not going to cut a promo. I just know. I I, I think they're going to start with wrestling. Also, uh, of course, 
There's the rumor that everybody thinks it's going to be LAX, the teams with Jericho. Sorry, they're not LAX anymore. Whatever they're being called, Bariquas, whatever. I wish they would come up with a better name. Ortiz and Santana. Yes. That's the rumor. We don't know who Jericho's partners are going to be. That's that's heavily teased, Mm -hmm. but we won't know until Wednesday. So that's cool. But my number two is I like where NXT on USA is going. I like that they've kind of morphed it into – I don't want to say NXT's been a niche. I'm not saying that, but there are niche fans, and that that had a much more mainstream feel to it, which is good. That's what they need it to be because it needs to be taken as seriously as their other as their other commodities, absolutely, or as their other whatever you want to call it, entities. That's the word I'm looking for. That's my number two. Good number two, my friend. Uh, my number three, Daniel Daniel Bryan has uh is back not that he ever left but uh i mean you would have thought that it would have taken the wwe universe a a moment to go ahead and uh, start cheering him again nope 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 took two seconds to go ahead and get those yes start yes chance started back up again easily the biggest baby face on smackdown currently bigger than 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 kofi kingston yep i said it he's daniel bryan for a week. Because you think that this You is... really think he's going to stay babyface after the Hell pay-per-view? no, I don't okay, think so. Okay, so for a week. Actually, it'll be two weeks, but yeah. For two weeks, yeah. It's because he's Daniel Bryan. It's ca- he's Daniel Please Bryan. continue. Yeah. No, I'm fully on board with it, but I will say this. I'll go ahead and give WWE some credit. They have gigantic testicles like bigger than my head testicles they have put over rowan eric rowan over roman reigns clean and they have essentially put him over on daniel bryan semi-clean what in the hell is going on in wwe television like i get it like you really want us to go ahead and get away from Daniel Bryan and th- have you trick us at Hell in a Cell and blah, blah, blah. Like, I respect that. But, I mean, you have Rowan pinning these guys. I-, I just don't know what to think or do about it. Like, I'm just kind of flabbergasted. For- I'm taken aback, if you will. But I guess I- all I can do is really give them credit and you know, trying something different, trying to push Rowan. I would have preferred you push Harper, but... It's okay. Harper's still there, and he's doing his thing. And I think that if it goes in the trajectory that I believe we think it's going to go, I think that the mix of Brian and Harper and Rowan will be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm really, really digging it so far. And uh, I don't. I think the ending is going to go ahead and be what we think. But I do believe also that the match that they're going to have at Hell in a Cell, the tag team match for those of you who don't know, it's Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan and Luke Ho- and Luke Harper. Excuse me. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. They're going to give them 10, 10 minutes, and Rowan and Harper are an incredible tag team. You've got Roman Reigns, who is one of is, who is the biggest baby, who is the biggest star in WWE, and you've got Daniel Bryan, who is one of the top three wrestlers on the planet currently. Dan, uh, Ross thinks he's the number two. I think he's also number two. Everything you just said, that is my number three of my three count this week. I in know, that, man. Okay, I'm going to say something that may be disrespectful. Okay. 
This feels an awful lot like the Jinder Mahal push. What, for Eric Rowan? It kind of came out of absolutely nowhere. Now, I realize that the storyline has been, well, Rowan and Brian and Brian attacked Roman Reigns and all this stuff. Eric Rowan has victories over Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan in two consecutive weeks out of nowhere. It's actually a little crazy. Nutty. Now, I am not saying that Eric Rowan is going to be the WWE champion like Jinder Mahal became the WWE champion. Wouldn't shock me. But it does, however, a uh, heel Eric Rowan versus a babyface Jinder Mahal, that's money for you. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe on fire Joker style, but you never know. Um, everything going on with this feud and how essentially I think they're going to get sympathy on Roman Reigns, and I think it's going to work. I can't believe I'm saying that, but. Roman Reigns got a really big pop when he came out to back up Daniel Bryan on, t- if on you, Tuesday. If you want to see people get sympathy for Roman Reigns. This is one way to do it. Excite people that Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns are going to work as a team. Have Daniel Bryan screw him at the pay-per-view. Have the three of them beat the hell out of him. And then, personally, I would take Roman Reigns off of TV for a little while. They won't do that. They don't have the intestinal fortitude to do that because he's on Fox on SmackDown. But Fox, that would take cuts Fox to do would it. Blow their wad well, if they were to do that. They're already gonna have Brock Lesnar as the champion. Yeah. So. <laughs> Stop. I'm just saying. I know. But it is it is new. It is exciting. It yeah. kind of came out of nowhere, and the fans are not rejecting it. That's that's the important. They're thing. booing. They are booing. That doesn't mean they're rejecting it. No, what I it know. means is they are accepting the fact that they're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We actually. Need to boo this guy. Hey, kind of like another guy they started booing two no, months ago. No, no, but eight months too late. But here's the thing: they're booing him and they're cheering Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan is the babyface in this current situation. Yeah. So this is everything is working to plan. So this is good. And by the way, Luke Harper was also getting booed, which is again the whole premise. This all works. This is this is going well. It's going well. Crazy. I can't believe it, but it's going well. That's our three count this week. It is triple threat time where we talk way, about our Buddy Murphy. Lost. Son of a gun. Like the dude kills it for like three weeks and then he's gone again. Honestly, I, I think he's now part of the uh, stage crew. He's setting up and so that accidents like that don't happen again. <laughs> just saying. Really, they should just they should just put him in NXT again. How about that? I mean, it is a it is a third brand now. At least it that's is. the way I would treat it. Yeah. Have Buddy Murphy uh Face off against uh, well, basically anybody on that brand. Seriously, like anybody, Buddy Murphy and Roderick Strong. Hello. Like I said, they're they're. Tell you what, put Buddy Murphy in a match with anybody but Kona Reeves, and I'll be happy. Fair. (laughs) Even Damian Priest, just do it. I don't care. Punishment Martinez. Damian Priest. All right, so sir, it is it is triple threat time where we talk about the match segment and show of the week. Since you went first last time, I'm going first this time. Roswell, would you like that? to go first? All right. I, that's right, I am not going to cop out because I'm going to pick one match of the week. One. I will tell you, there was a lot of good wrestling this week. There was. We've been saying that a lot recently. I was very tempted to pick Eric Rowan versus Daniel Bryan. I was very tempted. Okay. 
However, I actually wish Eric Rowan would have just beaten him clean. However, I get the Harper thing. It's fine. It worked. Mm -hmm. The match in itself was fine with it. Mm -hmm. I just would have had Harper help him beat him up after the match. Okay. Because then you're realizing that Eric Rowan is, or at least they're positioning him to be on the same level. And, oh, he can beat these guys because he already beat Roman at the pay-per-view. Right. And then you have him beat Daniel Bryan. But at the same time, remember, Harper helped him beat. I understand that. I just, Roman. for me, I would want, I get it. It works. It's fine. Okay. I just, progression-wise, I would like to have just seen that. Fair. That's okay. just me. Uh, so then what was your match? As a, oh, I also will tell you that my match of the week was not Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. And that was a really good match. Sure was. Like a really good match. It was very good. Um, <sighs> I have a feeling that you weren't as high on the Fatal Five way as most people were. That is correct. Yeah. I, it was good. It was very weird because I hate matches like that where I have a number one contender where like three of the guys have belts. Yeah, that's true. AJ's U.S. champ. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, so you're in the Royal champ. Rumble, but you're the U.S. champ. Like, you're not winning. Right. Or you're the IC champ. You're not winning. Oh, you're you're like the tag team champs. You're not winning. To be fair, John Cena won the number one contendership to the to the WWE title in 05 as the U.S. champion. I know. He lost it to Orlando Jordan, but still. He's doing it big. Silk the shocker. Big time stuff. Just saying. Back when he was in JBL's cabinet. Ah, yes. When the they, Basham Brothers. Remember when they threw the spinner belt in the trash and had the detonator? That was hilarious. I do remember that. that. Man, that U.S. title was good looking. JBL. Heel JBL. I realize, say what you want about it. That's still, I am a wrestling god. It's, it's still such a great heel character. I love it. He was, he was My w match of the week. He was WWE champion for 10 months. It's crazy. It was longer than that. It was like it was like ten and a half months, something like that. I don't. It wasn't quite because he won it in June of '04, and then he lost it at WrestleMania that year. What was your match of the week, sir? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get you off on that tangent. Now he's no, look it's it up. okay because now I need to find out how long JBL was like, the champion for. My match of the week. I will do this. Was Umberto Carrillo versus Angel Garza from 205 Live? <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Okay, everybody knows that I love Umberto Carrillo. I didn't know that. Okay. I didn't uh, know. I'm kidding. It took me two matches yeah. to love Umberto Carrillo. And they're giving him promo time, which is exactly what he needs to become the complete package that he needs to be. Right. So you throw him in with a guy that I've been a huge fan of for years, that being Angel Garza. Uh, the guy could have been probably world champion material in, in Impact when he was there. Mm -hmm. um, he had a very, very bad shoulder injury. They kept him from that next level uh, with some of the other guys that they did end up pushing there. Um, but this was everything you want out of a 205 Live match. Of course, it was given time. It showcased both men. It was just, it was just, I'm big on pacing. Yeah. And that match, wrestling wise, had everything. Absolutely everything. It opened the show. It show again. I'm biased because I love those two guys. They like their actual wrestling style is perfect. They complement each other very well. Uh, they obviously have plans for both of them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what's happening with the 205 Live division. I don't know if they're just getting absorbed by NXT or if they're just going to show up there and there's still going to be a show called 205 Live. I don't know. 
It was a great match, and it had everything that I want out of a just wrestling match. I don't need, not every great wrestling match has to tell a story. Right. But if you're just asking me what the best wrestling match was this week, it's Umberto Carrillo versus Angel Garza from 205 Life. Fair enough. Um, good pick. There, I'm going to echo every a lot of your thoughts that there was some great wrestling this week. Um, Before you start. Yeah, please. JBL was the champion from Great American Bash of 04, which is June, June of 04, June 04 okay. until WrestleMania 21. So he was that? the champion for 280 days. What is that, like 10 and a half, nine and a half months? Yes. Yeah, nice. That was also during the uh, peak of uh, your boy Triple H reign of terror. It's true. All right, so let me tell you a few matches that I thought were absolutely incredible that are not my match of the week. Um Fatal Five Way was very, very good. Um, my wife is texting me, even though she called me mid podcast. I love you, my wife, but no, you called me mid podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Fatal Five Way was strong. Uh, Strowman and Rollins was also strong as the main event of Raw. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura and Ali was also very strong on uh, SmackDown this week, as was Fire and Desire versus the Kabuki Warriors. Um, Riddle and Dane, strong. But I'm doing a co-match of the week this week. And uh, one of them is one of the matches that you talked about that you almost pitched. Excuse me, that you almost picked, which was Daniel Bryan and Rowan. I actually am going to pick it as one of my co-matches of the week because I thought it was very strong. Um, I was totally okay with Dan- with Luke Harper getting involved. I love the ending of the match in the sense of uh, Roman Reigns coming down and helping him out. Of course, is after the match was over, but I'm going to include it as part of the whole overall segment. Um, the only thing that I have to say about it, and I don't know if this was actually done on purpose, was hit was uh, Rowan going for the for the he hit two iron claws to end the match. The first one, he hit it from the outside of the ring into the inside of the ring, and then Daniel Bryan's foot got caught in between the first and second rope, and they couldn't get it loose for like about 25 seconds. And it was kind of of scary, because obviously it was really tangled up, and it was just kind of messed up. Um, But they finally got it out, and then Rowan went ahead and hit one more iron claw, and he sealed the deal. And it was a strong match. A lot of chemistry was shown between the two of them. Um, of course, anytime that you get involved with Daniel Bryan, you're going to have a really good match. Why? Because Daniel Bryan is amazing. How many times do we have to actually echo those statements? Um, so, yeah, that was a very strong match. My other co-match of the week, Ross, let me tell you something, Ross. I really liked Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic this week on, on NXT. I will briefly interject Please. and tell you that I have not been the biggest Keith Lee fan. Mm-hmm. I may have turned the corner with that match. Probably because their first match had no decisive winner. Right. And everybody was waiting for the rematch. They waited like six months to do it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't six, but everybody knows. It was a couple months. But they waited. Yeah. And everybody was like, okay, they're going to do this match again. Is there going to be a finish? Like, Because they actually had a pretty decent match the first time. So if you haven't turned the corner on Keith Lee, that might have been the match to do it for you. It did for me, at least. Right. C- please continue. All good. So there was a couple of moments that, first of all, Dominic Dijakovic is an incredibly gifted athlete. The man is, what is he, like 6'6", six, six, almost 300 pounds, something ridiculous. I believe he's 6'7". Yeah, the man is massive. But then Keith Lee, here's the thing. <laughs> Keith Lee's crazy. Six foot two, 390. Picture that for a second. The man hit a moonsault from the second rope 
flush, no problem, no issues whatsoever. And then my favorite part was he hit a corkscrew as if he were a cruiserweight. Like, I don't know what it is with Keith Lee, and I don't know what it is with Eric from the Viking Raiders. That's awesome, if you ask me. At that size, for them to go ahead and do something that crazy, mind-blowing. Better than any... This was better than Killian Dane versus Matt Riddle. This was better than the six-man tag to NXT. Like, the match was ridiculous. So I'm doing a co-match of the week. Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic on NXT. And then um, Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan on SmackDown to open it up this week. My segment of the week is everything involving Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan. The lead-up to it. The match was very good. Again, you asked me to pick my favorite wrestling match. The one on 205 Live was my favorite wrestling match. But for the total package, not Lex Luger, the total package of the setup, the match, the aftermath, everything about it, you want to make Eric Rowan look like a monster. You did a damn perfect good job of it. I know that was improper syntax, but the point is that it was really good. If you watch SmackDown for anything, watch that. It's true. Seriously. Maybe not much of anything else, but, you know, that's my segment of the week. Although we are getting Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon in a feud-ending ladder match this upcoming Friday. Wouldn't that be hilarious if uh, Shane McMahon beats him and Kevin Owens goes to Raw because <laughs> he gets know. drafted? I don't know what to say. You know what's funny is? Yeah. You know, uh, somebody actually made the suggestion that Kevin Owens needs to beat him so that way he's off TV, right? Yeah. That, that being Shane. And then Shane just pops up on Raw. Not even drafted. Who he, cares? He, it's Shane, Stephanie McMahon hires him as a consultant. Yeah, why not? Of course she would. Yeah, why not? She wants to give her brother a job because he needs it. Yeah, sure. He doesn't not? have any money. He's out. Yeah. That's what we need. Heal Stephanie on TV every week. That's what we need. I'm totally about having babyface Stephanie back on TV, though. No. Why not? She was great as the SmackDown GM. You want to talk about go away heat? about as close as it gets i disagree um you disagree with me on a lot of things my segment of the week is everything <laughs> involving eric rowan and daniel bryan if you want to throw harper and roman reigns in that mix that's fair and i accept that so go ahead fair enough um i love that segment of the week i think it's fantastic um you know what wasn't the segment of the week to me what was not kofi's interview with michael cole i didn't feel enough fire and enough passion out of kofi um, for in, for for the biggest match of his career, you know why that is, right? Because he because Kofi Kingston's not a main eventer. Whatever, dude. Just that was just one thing that I need to go ahead and talk about. And here we go. Kofi Kingston's not a main eventer. That's the best podcast we've ever recorded. Besides the fact that P jokes like <laughs> Darth Vader, Darth me, Vader, me throwing you in a pit of gold. Yeah. By the it's way, the holiday uh, season. Go by ahead. the way, uh, your friend Uciel on yeah. Instagram. Shout out to Uciel. Uh, that's right. Much love to you, brother. <laughs> he uh, he's he, he he's coming over to my side here. Yeah, whatever. Uh, right. Listen, I've, I'm starting to I'm starting to view the fact that everybody thinks that Ross is Corey Graves and <laughs> I'm Byron Saxton. The thing is that he Ross doesn't have a Carmella, so ha. Yeah, actually, that's messed up. You deserve a Carmella. <laughs> you do. You notice how it. notice how it's just water off my back like a duck. Well, they can't see that because they insert can't see the us. meme of me with the frog in the water with the cool water. Good times. I'm just gonna be over here sipping my tea like Kermit the Frog. What's your What's your segment <laughs> of the week? Okay, 
It is Carmella winning. It's not the 20- easy being pink over there. Fuchsia. It's Carmella winning the 24-7 title, not for the reasons that you think. Everybody thinks that it's like, oh, yay, Carmella finally got over on R-Truth, even though they're still buddies and stuff like that. It is for the complete utter breaking of kayfabe that happened on Monday night on television on the USA Network between Renee Young and Corey Graves. For those of you who've not seen the segment of Carmella winning the 24-7 championship from R-Truth, watch it. Listen to Renee Young very closely and listen to Corey Graves very closely. This is what they said. Oh, goodness gracious, Graves, this is great. You can now consummate the 24-7 championship. Graves' response, it's too late for that. Live television, folks. Total break. For those of you who don't know, Corey Graves and Carmella are dating currently outside in real life. They're probably on a date right now somewhere in California. That being said... There are rumors that Corey Graves cheated on his wife with Carmella. The fact that this got thrown out on live television is crazy to me, especially considering the fact that Corey Graves, the character, is infatuated with Mandy Rose and Alexa Bliss. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was a I can't say it was a great piece of television, but it was definitely a memorable piece of television. And it was my segment of the week for all the wrong reasons. I was going to go my typical route and say that 205 Live was the show of the week because it did have two amazing matches in it. By the way, huge shout out to Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, who worked twice again. I love these. Remember, I was like, where's Birch? I've missed you, Birch. He was and in the UK. Chilling. He showed up and uh, wrestled twice. Oh, with that's Oni right. He was, first of, he was first of all at in San Francisco for 205 Live. Yes, he was. And then they flew over to UK. So uh, Lorcan and Birch wrestled uh, Nice and Gulak in a really good tag match. And they won. Please go out of your way to watch 205 Live because you get to see Carrillo and Garza and then that tag match. Yeah. Stellar. Stellar. Yeah. However, good I will stuff. be fair. And tell you, the show of the week this week was NXT. It was. Uh, the Keith Lee-Dominic Dijakovic match was a very welcome opener. Mm-hmm. I will give you that. I did not expect that to open the show. I did not expect that. Thought we almost had a problem. Sorry about that. All good. Uh, Thank God so- <laughs> we didn't. Thanks for saving the day, brother. So we had Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic uh-huh. in a match that was given time to open the show. Right. We saw Dakota Kai come back. That was cool. We had the Riddle Dane match. That was great. Uh, you got to see Rhea Ripley, who is going to be a, a, a big part of this women's division on NXT. She's been over in the UK. Of course, we got to see Birch and Lorcan. They faced a team that doesn't matter, but seeing those two men wrestle is never a bad thing. I thought they, I thought they had their match at NXT UK. They may have wrestled at UK, but they also wrestled at NXT this week. Oh, okay. They wrestled uh, Parker and Martell. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter though. They were great. It's still a good. It's still a good True squash that. match for them. Yeah. Uh, and then of course uh, the uh, Kushida Breeze and Fandango because the Fashion Police were his mystery partners. That was kind of weird, but they still had a really good match with uh, Wolf Eichner and Barthel. So it was kind of the total show. Oh, I forgot that Cameron Grimes also wrestled because apparently they're getting him over in a weird way. Him winning like 
two-minute matches. I don't know what that is. But Cameron Grimes did wrestle an impact. It was a total show. I really loved the presentation. I loved the undisputed stuff at the beginning, holding all the belts. Mauro Ronaldo is is just a G. I love him. I wish he was on main television. Don't be so insane. I love Mama him. Mamma mia! I really hope I get to see another boxing match with him calling it on Showtime. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury being called by Please him? Please book Mauro Ronaldo for that match. Please. Actually, when is that fight? Uh, it's if, if Deontay Wilder wins in November, it's supposed to happen in February. Please book Mauro Ronaldo for that fight in February. Well, it should be on. Well, here's the thing, because Tyson Fury fights on ESPN, but because this is a big, massive world title match, it should be on Showtime. Should be. Please book Mauro Ronaldo <laughs> for that fight. <laughs> and also, since I haven't said it all show, push Braun Strowman immediately. Even if it takes Mauro Ronaldo doing it, I don't care. <laughs> That's my show of the week. It's NXT. It was a great show. Yeah. You know what? I really like SmackDown, but it wasn't my show of the week. But I will say that SmackDown had a couple of good things going for it. Um, Again, Nakamura and Ali, Brian and Rowan, everything in Rowan, Roman Reigns, and Harper in that. Um, It's... I just feel like it should have gone off with more of a bang, considering it was the last episode on USA. So it was kind of... It was kind of sad, but it is okay. It's all good. Um... I know this isn't part of the show, but Otis, uh, Otis, and Mandy Rose, gold, gold. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mandy Rose is on the cover of Maxim Australia this week or this month, and uh, Otis is more obsessed with Mandy Rose than Corey Graves and Ross are, and it's hilarious. And uh, yeah, so some of the backstage interactions between the two of them are hysterical. And then, of course, you had the great segment, or the strong segment, I should say, of Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon finally booking themselves into a feud ender for the ladder match. Um, and you could just see Kevin Owens getting his heat back in a good way, and I'm really excited for that. I think that match is going to be a really, really strong match uh, next Friday because Kevin Owens is the man, and Shane McMahon loves to go ahead and jump all over the place, and he's going to make Kevin Owens look like a million bucks. He really is. Not that Kevin Owens needs it, but Shane McMahon's going to do all kinds of crazy bumping for him, and it's going to be great. But NXT was definitely the show of the week. I can't agree with you more on that. Again, I just stated Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, Killian Dane and Matt Riddle, the six-man tag between Kushida and the and the Fashion Police and um, Imperium. That was my first time ever really seeing Imperium because I don't get a chance to watch NXT UK. And guess what? They were fantastic. Walter is the freaking man. I know he wasn't in the match, but he beat the crap out of Kushida at the end of it, and he's the freaking man. Um, Dakota Kai, I mean, I'm indifferent to her, but she seems cool. And Rhea Ripley is the freaking bomb. Rhea Ripley, once Shayna Baszler is done with Candice LeRae, and I'm not saying that Candice LeRae, shouldn't, Candice LeRae isn't awesome, because she is, she's great, but Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler is where the money's at. That's the money feud for the NXT women's division right there. But yeah, NXT show of the week, and uh, really looking forward to them getting a full two hours next week on USA. That's gonna do it for this show. Next. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a programming note once again. Yeah. So here is what's going to happen. We have Raw, and we also have AEW Dynamite. We have NXT, and we have SmackDown on Fox. Also impact. But next show will be a week from Sunday. Yep. 
because the plan is that we are going to do a show that is based on this past week with the fact that it's the season premiere of Raw, Mm -hmm. the debut of AEW Dynamite on TNT. Then there will also be NXT on USA, the debut of SmackDown on Fox. I may even throw in a minute of impact because I'm so excited that I'm actually able to cover it on a show. And then we have a pay-per-view on Sunday, which we are going to review on Tuesday. We'll also talk some Raw because that'll be the Raw after the pay-per-view, so I'm sure we'll talk about it. And then from there on out, other than pay-per-view weeks where we may have to get creative and we'll cross that bridge when we get there, especially since Saudi Arabia we're not watching live because I'll be at work. I'm sure you'll be at work too on those days. So we'll figure it out. The point is, this is our final Thursday show. It'll, of course, be dropping on Friday. Our next show will be a week from Sunday. Then we'll do our review of our new time slot on Tuesdays to cater towards the new schedule. Final thoughts before we go, Ross. How excited are you for this upcoming week? Very, very excited. Um, Every show is going to have to be at their best, or at least uh, the four in the two direct companies, that being Raw, NXT, SmackDown, and Dynamite. I just throw Impact in there because it's the third company, and I'm excited. The point is that the two major brands are going to really bring it this week. Yeah. And, oh my uh, gosh, the, the, the cards for NXT, Raw, and SmackDown are jacked. stacked Oh yeah, to like the gills, man. Oh, this yeah. is insane. So I'm very excited. Um, I don't want to get overly excited because a lot of times when you get overly excited about a lot of things, it tends to disappoint. True. So I am expecting them to be at the top of their game. Yep. I am expecting that... At least Dynamite and SmackDown, not saying Raw and NXT aren't going to be good because they will be good, but I expect those shows to be good. Mm -hmm. I expect SmackDown and Dynamite to be ace. Ace. I agree. I agree. So for those of you who don't know, SmackDown has the main event of Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston and a ladder match between uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon and uh, Charlotte and Raw Women's Champ Becky Lynch versus SmackDown Women's Champ Bayley and Sasha Banks. Raw has a universal title match as the main event of Seth Rollins versus defending versus Rey Mysterio. NXT has three title matches this week. They have the NXT Tag Team titles being defended by the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits in their rematch. And then you've got uh, Shayna Baszler versus Candice LeRae for the NXT Women's title. And their main event is Adam Cole defending his NXT Championship versus Matt Riddle. And then All Elite Wrestling Dynamite has Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes, or excuse me, the American Nightmare Cody. And then you've got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho and two partner, two mystery partners, which could either be Ortiz and Santana, a.k.a. the Boricuas, a.k.a. LAX, or it could very well be Pac, a.k.a. Neville, or, and um, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger. I think that that could also be uh, two big names that could be associated with Chris Jericho. That being said, also, yeah, uh, is the first the first women first women's title match on that sure show is. too. What is it? Rio versus Rio Nyla versus Rose. Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, so that's also going to be um, on AEW Dynamite. Jack shows. Jack shows. 
This is the most important and biggest week in the history of professional wrestling, and the Double Turn Podcast is going to give you so much freaking content, you won't know what to do with yourselves. You're going to be pooping wrestling. You're going to be barfing wrestling. It's going to come out of your nose and your ears and potentially your eye sockets. You might even piss it just like you do excellence. Gosh darn it. This has been the J-Man. Boss Ross is ahead of me. Double Turn Podcast on Instagram. The one and only J-Man19 on Instagram. Boss Ross TDT on Twitter. Ross, the real boss 85 on Instagram. I don't know what to do with myself this anymore. I'm just, I, sign us off, Ross. Too much. It's great. It's the best week ever. This has been the Double Turn Wrestling Podcast. For the J-Man, I'm Boss Ross, and we will catch you on the flip side. Ross!